Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. All right. Well, welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Tetzel, and we do have a special guest, Jake McGee. Um, he's the founder of Dinner Five at Jake McGee Consulting. Did I get that right, Jake? You did. Absolutely. Oh, sweet. Well, welcome to um, Peers Over Beers. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Been a while coming, I should say. It's been a while coming because actually, I don't think we've ever had you on Peers Over Beers. And uh, really glad that you got to come on. Tell us a little bit about this Dinner Five thing because that's how, it's not really how we met, but that's, I've been to a couple of those and really have enjoyed Dinner Five. Yeah. So I'll tell you just a little bit of background and story. Uh, as a way to set up what Dinner Five actually is, because it's uh, it's important to understand how it came to be as well. But uh, you know, I've been doing community work in various forms at companies like Lego and, and Apple, and for clients like Southwest and Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Canon Camera. You know, a bunch of bunch of people over the years in a bunch of different forms and fashions. And you know, so I got twenty coming on twenty five years of community experience now. Right? Seems like a long time. And, uh, yeah, long time. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I always joke that I've been doing community since that meant convincing clients to put an email address on their website. That was a <laughs> that was a hard sell back in the day, right? Well, what happens if people contact us? Well, dude, you respond. That that conversation was literally one I had more than once. Yeah. Um, but after doing it this long, you know, a couple of years back, uh, I, I had left two different uh, events, one one right after the other, and and there was a lot of really great content, but it was all very targeted to the to the folks who were showing up which were you know people had been in the industry a few months or maybe a few years and i just kept looking around and, and saying where's my peers right where where are the other senior folks have been doing this a long time and i was complaining this the first one was in october next one was in november and in december i was sitting around two days after christmas and telling a buddy of mine you know my my trials and tribulations about all this and he said well what would you want to do and i said man i just want People that have as much experience as me sitting around my kitchen table with pizza and beers and talking community dirt. Yeah. And he said, well, then why don't you do that? My head exploded for a minute and I went, well, yeah, that's a good point. So <laughs> why I don't I do having, it? Yeah. Why don't I do it? And I had uh, several conversations between you know, the, uh, the, the, the return to work and that two days after Christmas conversation with, with my buddy, Steve. And, um, you know, I had I reached out to a few senior community folks and said, "Hey, would something like this be of interest?" And, you know, and they all said, "Yeah, that's great." And I and I tried very hard to convince them to to do it. Nobody said, "Sure, I'll pick up the mantle." They all said, "Great, when you start it, I'll be happy to join." And I was, "Yeah." And I guess I got to start it now, right? Yeah. And so uh, January fifteenth or something, twentieth, somewhere in there, uh, that that year. Uh, had the dinner, first dinner five and it was in person, did in-person events for a year and then pandemic hit. I've been doing virtual events for the last two years, two plus years now. Um, but, you know, five senior leaders uh, that run community programs yep. get together in, in the uh, cone of silence. Uh, every event <laughs> I've done has had some form of food at it, even in the early days of the pandemic. And, yep. uh, you know, uh, nowadays we're doing virtual. I'm, I'm starting to plan back to some some amount of in-person but honestly the the uh virtuals have been working really well uh, but it's very small group uh, very uh intimate honest conversation and uh kind of in the 
in the cone of silence, friend BA type of uh, environment. And I design them so that it's not uh, competitive. So you don't have two people from competitive companies. You don't have two people from the same company at the same one. And uh, everybody I, I invite, I, I talk to and, and make sure I understand kind of what their vibe is, what their background is, what their interests are. So I can curate the group to make sure it's a really great conversation as you've experienced. Yeah, I think I've been to three of them. One was uh, a virtual and I've been to two. I even drove, I live in Dallas and I drove to Austin to go to one, stayed the night in a yeah. hotel. And so, um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of value in it. You know, to some degree, I think I still talk to some of those folks and, you know, I'm always about networking and community people are pretty good at that kind of stuff sometimes. Right. Um, you know, I think community than, people are. I think the, yeah. there's an interesting, weird dynamic about the senior level folks that yeah. I'm still trying to put my finger on exactly. But I don't know if we've just been doing community so long that trying to be part of community for community's sake is tough. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a different dynamic with senior folks uh, than it is with more junior folks, right? The more junior folks, you, you, I mean, you look at yeah, the course. CMX chat, the you yeah. know the the C Club chat, you know the you know, all all those. There's a lot of activity there, a lot of activity, but it's a lot of, of you know, more early on questions. I don't want to say basic, yeah. they're, they're tough questions, but, you know, they're more early on in your career questions and you know, not always, of course, but there's, there's a lot of that. And, uh, you know, that's part of where, you know, like our, our Slack, that's just for the Dinner 5 alumni. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of questions that get asked there that are very big, big questions. Yeah, it's a little harder to solve apply. the problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. They, they kind of only apply if you're running a program, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And who do you reach out to? Because most of the time, there's not a lot of other community people in your company, much less a peer that understands community challenges at a senior level, at a director level, right? Yeah. So basically, I guess the way it works, and and it's probably a good kind of thing for our audience is, you know, you just basically get five people together, either virtual, uh, as of recent, the last couple of years at least, uh, but doing some on-site stuff and just have a quick conversation around dinner and and. And I'll tell you what, the dinners that you do are, I mean, a couple of times this one dude just sat there and cooked some stuff, uh, had some wine. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Like, I can't believe he does this. This is really cool. So you made it a really nice experience and, um, you know, uh, it, it was a lot of fun to really get to connect with leaders at the same level, right? And, you know, as I've progressed right. in, in the years, even as a community leader, like, you, you find even later that those conversations are super important because there's a lot of things that you're not, uh, you might not know you'll run into. So, you know, if, if I run into, you know, so I've been talking to like Nicole Saunders as of late, she's the director of community at um, Zendesk, you know, she's, she's had that community for five years. And so she's grown a team. She's um, really scaled their community. Um, and so she has a lot to offer. So me connecting with her, even on peers over beers, but you know, having those higher level conversations to figure out some things that I can go do, you know, in my own organization because we have similar communities, if you will, um, is just amazing. You know what I mean? So, and, and you're doing a great it job is. of uh, facilitating those conversations, getting those senior level type people um, together, which I think is important because. It's not always easy to find, you know, um, so and you've done a good job of finding those. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, part of my the events are free. They're yeah. um, they're they're sponsored by you know folks like uh, Vanilla Forums and uh, now Vanilla Higher Logic. Um, they've been, you know, a, a, an amazing Higher sponsor. Vanilla Logic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
uh, you know, Common Room uh, has also pitched in uh, Southwest Amplifier, uh, some really some some great folks, right? And I couldn't do it without them uh, because the the events are free. The price of admission, uh, I always say, and you've heard me say this several times, yeah. um, is is bringing others with you, right? Because that's the whole goal here is to try and bring along people people like us, right? Um, and the best way for me to help find those is to make it a you know, an impressive experience and then ask, uh, often people don't ask, but ask for the recommendation. Right. And, you know, it's, an, it's been an interesting process for me because it's a, it's such a good reminder that the reason I do these five events, the five person events is because that's where intimacy of conversation yeah. happens. Right. It's mm-hmm. hard in a group of more than it's, it's the community numbers, right? Five, 15, 25, 50, 150 at each yeah. one of these marks, the, the, the social dynamic changes dramatically. Yeah. You know, and the difference between five people and 10 people doesn't seem like it's that big a deal numbers wise, but it's the difference between a private conversation among friends and a group. Yeah. Right. And, and the moment it turns into a group the, is the moment that I start having to ask myself questions about, can I share? How much can I share? You know, is somebody, is somebody in this group going to know my boss, right? Are they going to bring that back? You start asking all these questions that make you kind of shut down as far as the depth of conversation. Well, and, I think I, I maybe like if I was there, I wouldn't care if my boss heard what I said, you know, but what I would care about is I think you had some, it's just me. So I think of the intimacy part, right? You have a group of 100, 150. It's great that there's 100, yeah. 150, but you're just not going to have those really good one-on-one facilitated conversations right. in a group of 100 people. And yeah, you, you can't get as intimate and you can't get as much stuff as, as you would like. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I understand completely. Um, and I, and at I 150, you don't have much time for yourself at all. Right? You yeah. don't have much time to, yeah. How, how do you get your up, stuff much out? Less going to depth. Exactly. Yeah. You know, somebody, those things are more for like presenting some stuff that might be interesting and in different right. ways, you know, but, but I, I love it. man. I mean, you're doing a great job and, and I applaud you for, you know, continuing it for like three years now or longer uh, over three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought when you first said, I was like, I don't know, Um, but you've done a good job (laughs) of getting sponsors to really help that. And they're more, a couple of them are community sponsors. Right. You know, so it's cool stuff. Right. I I love it. Yeah. Um, And I have to say, you know, that's one of the interesting things about this, uh, this whole process has been, you know, with, with, when I went to vanilla at the beginning of this process and said, Hey, I've got this idea or, you know, common room has been one of the more uh, recent uh, mm. additions this year to the, to the sponsorship fold. You know, when I, when I told either one of them, um, I've got this event, it's only five people, but it's the right five people. They both teams instantly went, yeah, okay. We understand. Yeah. And I've talked to other folks that, that had a real hard time saying yes to the sponsorship because they were saying, well, that's not enough numbers. Yeah. And I kept, even though I'd say, well, yeah, but 500 people funnels into five people that you want to talk to, really. Yeah. Or 5,000 people funnel into five people you actually want to talk to. I'm yep. just going to give you the decision makers in the first place. You know, and, and Vanilla and Common Room both did a great job of, of seeing that vision. And I, I'm really proud that they've been along the, the journey with me. Yeah, maybe I should start thinking of some sponsors or something to help uh, peers over beers. I've not really um, pushed that at all. You know what I mean? So. Um, anyways, so I know there, there is a topic that we wanted to talk about today, uh, besides, uh, inner five, which is a great topic and great thing that you're doing there. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about, well, you kind of mentioned it and I'll let you explain it. 
How about that? Yeah, well, so one of the things that I've I've been um, I've been noticing more lately is let me let me rephrase it. One of the things I'd like to see our industry do more of um, is is looking at our looking at our journeys, right? Um, we see this all the time when you look at you know when you talk to UXI UX UI folks when you talk to marketing folks, right? They're real big on your marketing folks love the touch point maps you know, that understand yeah. where, where are my communications hitting at all the right uh, points, right? Which where I love it. To, yeah, they're great. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that um, I, I'm seeing more of, and I'm starting to spend more time on, so I do consulting, right? I come in, I, I joke, I'm, I'm the Mr. Wolf of the community industry. You got a problem, I help you come fix it. Yep. Um, and one, what I'm seeing more and more as we try and fix those things is how much back to the basics need to, need to take place right? Because if your community is, is struggling with engagement, for instance, just to pick that one, that's a pretty common one, right? Everybody yeah. wants more engagement. Um, I start asking some basic questions with, with new clients, like how do people get into the community in the first place? Where do they come from? Where are they? Yeah. Where, how do they go from, okay, you've got a customer community. How do they sign up? Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm, I'm always surprised, and this isn't any one client or any, even my clients, I'm hearing it from others as well, that even though some of those basic questions are at least vague, if not unclear altogether, right? Um, what, 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 what do they say? Because I'm, I'm interested in that if they don't well, know where so, to go get them and, you know, like, I just, I'm trying to understand, like, if you're building a community, it's, it's, it's you build it, they're not going to come. It just doesn't happen. You have to tell people about your community and, well, and I mean ways. even more fundamentally than that. I mean even okay. looking at how does a you know how are you onboarding a new customer? So let's say you get a new customer into the community. Yep. And sorry, let me let me rephrase that. You get a new customer into your company. Yep. Mm, love what it. What are the emails that they get onboarded with? Do those emails yep. or the, and the materials maybe they even have physical paperwork? How much of that connects to community? How how Absolutely. easy is it from them to take a picture? You know, from a uh, from an email that they get or a document that they get and be introduced to the community, the purpose mm-hmm. of the community yep. that sparks their interest to come over and log in. When they log in, how easy is it for them to actually go about logging in, Yeah. right? Is there, you know, is there a delay there as you process stuff on the back end? Do they have you know, really over, you know, onerous overhead of you know, password requirements? Is it easy to understand you know, that uh, you're getting an email verification and you're your email verification system takes an hour or two hours to actually send the emails out, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the back stores. end of your, you know, community. Is it? I mean, most platforms that are halfway decent should have some of that baked in, right? <laughs> or at least should, yeah. setting to be able to change it on. Hey, right. when customer logs in, send a direct email automatically. You know, you shouldn't have to be doing right. shit about that. You know, um, you, you, you shouldn't. But do you know that you're that you're not right? There's an yeah, assumption yeah. that everything's working like it is, and then you can't figure out why nobody's signing up or why nobody's <laughs> logging in a, a second time until you discover our stats. You know, this is again, this is kind of where you start to you have to start pulling these pieces apart. Yeah. On a really fundamental level, because it's it's one thing to say my engagement's not working. We need to add more content or on-site activities or do better community management. But what I've been asking a lot more of lately is. Sure, that's not untrue, but let's go, let's start back a couple of steps before that. Look at your stats. And if you're seeing people drop off between the first login and no second logins, 
Why? Yeah. Are they able to actually log in? Are they, yeah. Is that stat telling you that they have completed the password creation process, which is the first step? Or is there some glitch in that process that makes it easy to drop out of the workflow and never actually, they, you're, you're tagging them when they log in, but they're not really logging in because they never complete the password completion process, which means they have a fundamental inability to log in a second time. Yeah. Because they have no password done, right? And then you start saying, okay, now we got to fix those fundamentals in order to know what's actually happening in the community, right? Uh, I agree with you. I mean, but I think that's community management 101, right? Like when I think of, fair enough, like you need to make sure, you know, you're, if if possible, people are engaging. Not everybody's going to engage in a certain way or engage the way you want to. As a matter of fact, as you know, most people don't, (laughs) or if they do, you know, maybe they're just looking at stuff and that's stuff you can look at, you know, in general on some of the back end of these community platforms. I do think you're, I, I think that's, Absolutely right. So if you know a customer logs in or a user logs into your community and doesn't ever log in again, and you're seeing a lot of that, you know maybe there's something there on, you know maybe they're not getting the email that they're supposed to. So I'll give you an example, and 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 it's it's a good point. Is when a user logs into the Relteo community today, they get an email automatically, instantly. It says, "Hey, thanks for registering for the Relteo community." Um, click here to activate your account. Boom, click here. And then they click there and they go directly to the Relteo community and, and they're logged in or they put their password in and stuff like that and they're good to go, right? Um, and then from there, we have kind of this, I wouldn't call it 3069, it's, it's like a, uh, you know, every couple of days for the next at least just maybe three times, they'll get an email and say, hey, Thanks for creating your login. Here's some things that you can do. Hey, I see you haven't logged in in 10 days. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so there's kind of this journey that you push mm-hmm. as well to kind of make sure you're engaging with the customer in an automated way. You don't want to be doing this, you know, manually to every single right. customer, right? So I think that, you know, you have to create that journey to, to you know, it's one tactic to push in a very important tactic. Um, and if none of those work, something, yeah, maybe it's not launching. Maybe, maybe your initial email isn't going out. Maybe these things aren't happening. Do some testing, you know, create a dummy login, you know, go, create your Gmail account, you know, a new account login and create, you know, make sure the process is working. And if it doesn't, then you know, there's something wrong. I mean, there's all kinds of tests that you can do from that point, you know, to, so I don't, I don't know if that helps. Yeah. But- and I think you're, I think you're right. And I think the magic word you just said uh, is, is the testing part. Yeah. Because honestly, I think, uh, you know, as an industry, and I, I won't point to any one particular people, person mm-hmm. or group or community, because I think we all suffer from this in, in various forms. I don't think as an industry, we do a good enough job of testing. I don't That's think we do a true. good enough job upfront of, of doing usability testing as we design. I don't think we do a good enough job at the yearly rotation saying, okay, it's, it's the year mark. Let's go back and do a, another usability test. Hmm. Think about the level of testing that e-commerce sites do. Absolutely. Right. It is a daily activity in some cases, many cases. They are tweaking things regularly. Always. On our side, you know, there's communities that are, are successful. Don't get me wrong. They're still successful. But they have never done usability testing, not before, not during, not in five years in, right? And they, they're making tweaks and they're making improvements, but they haven't done the full-blown 
let's put some users in front of a formal process yeah. to understand this, right? And and you know, Rich Millington, our our, our buddy Rich Millington posted yeah. something a couple of weeks ago talking about the homepage design, right? Yeah. And how most people have these community homepage designs that are much more about welcome to the site when in reality, hmm. so many communities are destinations that are that people arrive at based on Google traffic. That's right. And the reason they get to the homepage is because they had a failure in that Google result, right? And so instead of a welcome to the experience, what that needs to be is you clearly have had a problem. Let me help you address that problem homepage. Yeah. And, hmm. and we're, you know, it was a brilliant insight. And I think it was one that was really worth considering, you know, what, not just your homepage, it's just one example, but, you know, how are all these pieces working? And that's, you know, when I was at Apple and we, we overhauled the, the design of the Apple support community. Uh, one of the things that we realized was a huge, massive, vast majority of our traffic to the community came directly from somebody searching something on Google. SEO, yeah. And yeah, and I mean, you know, we didn't, we had organic signups, sure, but realistically, somebody had a problem, they Googled yep. it. We did a great job of SEO, which bumped our results up to the first or second result almost all the time and they click the button they'd show up at the site and so the way that we re redesigned that site and, and did our testing was to do uh, q a pairs right so we did everything we could do to make sure that when somebody came they saw a big q mm -hmm. with the, with the question and a big a with the best answer right and there was a whole process of you know solved answers you know, marked as solved marked as helpful um and Apple recommends, which we had a team in place to go mark stuff that they thought was good if nobody came back and marked it themselves. Yeah. And bump, bump those up above and beyond the rest of the answers, you know, in a design that seemed very compelling when you had four seconds to grab somebody's attention before they yeah. said, this isn't it. Go back to Google and start again. Right. And our homepage. Yeah, so they have to scroll all the answers and stuff like that. Right. Right. Got it. And, and, you know, even, you know, some, a lot of, when I've told this story before, people have said, well, yeah, but, you know, Lots of sites have the, the solved answer. Well, yeah, now they're starting to move those up closer to the question. Yeah. But we, if you look at the site, we specifically designed it to have a Q&A pair design. Yeah. So it wasn't, wasn't hiding the other answers, but it was putting a huge focus from a design standpoint on the Q and the A that was the best A, right? Yeah. Yeah, back then they probably didn't have really awesome um, platforms to do all that stuff for you. So you had to develop all that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we did some custom um, development for that. But I think, yeah. you know, and, and you're right, it's, you know, in theory, it's community management 101, but I don't think it is actually, I think it's, I think it's a more I, advanced a version of, of this process. It's a good point, because I often think that I, I often think this. so as much time and effort that like I work for a product company, so we sell, you know, uh, to B2B companies, a product, right, and they buy it, and they use the product, and that kind of stuff. And so, as much time and as effort as our digital marketing team or marketing team, digital team spends on the main website, realtio.com. I mean, they'll spend lots and lots of money to get leads. They'll spend lots and lots of money to have, you know, uh, to get different people to do usability tests, to get different people to do all this stuff mm -hmm. for the main website. You know who they have to do community.realtio.com? Chris Detzel. And that's it <laughs> at the moment, you know, like, and they think that, so, so I, I think that, it's a good point because I would love to have, you know, all this budget to do usability testing, to do, you know, to change up the website from time to time, to do some of the things that you talk about around, you know, 
because now our, since our community is almost a year old, you're starting to get some really good SEO, right? You know, because we've done a good job of the content, but, you know, and, and so over time that gets more and more, you know, over time I'll hit 80%, 70% SEO, organic SEO. And, and right now it's not there, but it's just started. But then things I should be thinking about exactly what you're saying is, so people are going to get to our site through uh, Google. And when they click on a link, you know, would be really cool, you know, to have that whole, uh, whether it's a blog or whether it's a Q&A, whatever it is, um, one is where's the CTA? So because they can get the answer. So we need a good, clear S, uh, CTA because they're not logged in. So can we potentially capture that? One out of a hundred people might log in. You know, but if we don't make it easy for them, they're not going to log in. They just get the answer and they go. Two is, is are they getting the answer that they need? I like your little thought around just have somebody go in there and just assume that this is the best answer. Uh, I like that because I haven't been doing that. And you know, the, one of the tactics that I think is important is that best answer and getting people to put that in there. But it's a hard thing to get people to do. Um, you said a lot of good things, man. I, I like that. I think it's and you're probably right about these. I mean. I think about it, but I can't always do anything about it, you know? Yeah. And I think, so there's, there's several points in there to, to sort of pick up on. So one is that, that, um, that process of, of when somebody comes to the site, there's a clear CTA called action that moves them from here to there, to there, to there. And that's my goal. Yeah. I don't know, you know, there's, I've been a lot of part of a lot of community developments, even my own, which I haven't done a good enough job of in the past yeah. of thinking about what is that journey? Have we written that journey down? Mm. Are we revisiting that journey on a regular basis to a, make sure it's working because we've also built in the measurements and the processes to pay attention to whether that's working and B, if it's not working, what do we do about it? How do we improve that? Right. Yeah. Rather than just saying, we've bought a platform. It works a certain way. We've put it in place. Now we're going to worry about the content management part of it, the, the engagement part of it. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, putting, this is the challenge to, to you, to me, to everybody, all of us. And I've been trying to do this more with clients lately is to say, whatever our budget is, let's set aside 30% Some of for that. testing. Right. Because what we, what I see a lot of is we have, if you have a, a, $100 of, of development, just to pick a nice non-real number. If you have $100 of development time, you know, budget for, for developing a platform, we're spending $100 to get the platform in place. Yeah. yeah. We're spending about $50 to put the platform in place. Another $30 to test the hell out of it before, during, and after. And then saving that last $20 for, to make sure that when we get it wrong, we still have some budget left to fix it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think it depends on the budget. We don't have to get into particulars, but you've got a content uh, budget, right? So if I think about what is the single most important thing I have to go do, and it's building content, you know, that is relevant, engaging, and all those things. Um, something you said in there, um, God, I lost my thought because I thought it was a good one um, around the usability stuff. Anyway, just keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I lost my train no of thought on that. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I'm, I'm always, and it's tough, right? Because community budgets, like you said, you've got just Chris. That's cool. Yeah. I think, I think this goes back to what we all talk about in some form though, of, uh, you know, there's a reason why e-commerce or marketing or the SEO team has the budgets that they have. And part yeah. of it's very simple. They've justified the outcome yeah. of those budget spends. Right. And so, you know, 
in order, you know, I, I said I was going to do a thing and I did the thing. If you give me 20% more budget, I can do 20% more output or 40% more output. Okay, cool. And then here's the way I'm going to prove that to you. And then I prove it to you. And then yeah. I'm on and on and back and back and back. No, it, it's a very good point. I, I, I think that's the exact way of how to handle that, Jake. And I would, my thought came back is a lot of times it's, it is usability or, I mean, testing, testing, but it's also looking at the data around. So if you're, if you care about SEO, organic SEO and all that kind of stuff, the, the positive is, is that Google Analytics is tracking all the things people are clicking on. And so like, I'll give an example is like the other day I was looking at uh, the analytics and I saw that for some reason, there's this link that I go to when I click on it and, or, you know, I, it's like this error link. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is like over the last month been clicked on a hundred times, but why, what, what's going on? And so a lot of times, whenever you go into the analytics and you find, you can find hints of where people are having problems, either in the login is the area in the, you know, in some part of the platform, you know? Uh, and, and so you have to go dig to find those answers. But the positive is, is that the analytics are there. The data is there. And so you don't have to just blindly think, oh, that piece. So you do the testing, but you also look at what's working, what's not through whatever analytics thing that you have. But in this case, for me, you know, a lot of it is the Google analytics, right? You know, it's just look at that yeah. and it'll tell you, you know, tell, you know, go to your SEO person and say, what the hell is this? And then go to your platform people and say, hey, what the heck is this? You know, like, I don't, I'm, mm. if you don't know. And, and so I think you have to do a lot of research, a lot of focus and, and then fix it you know, whatever that is to, because this click on a hundred times in a, in a month and it's going nowhere, you know, that's a problem. Why is it being clicked on a hundred times a month? Who's clicking yeah. on it? Who, you know, maybe that's a user uh, issue, a problem that if you fix it, then maybe you get 10% of those people back and they actually able to log in or do whatever they're trying to do, you know? Yeah. And I think, so several, several things to follow up there. One is that there's an, there's a, an assumption that, or not even an assumption, a mindset, I think that, you know, back to this idea of I've got $100 to build my platform. And I don't yeah. mean all the content. I don't mean the day-to-day. -day, I don't mean the staffing. I just mean like to, to technically put a platform in place. I got a hundred bucks mm -hmm. to do it. So I'm going to get as much functionality out of that hundred bucks as I can. And then I'll be done because if yeah. we test it right, it'll all work, right? If we, you know, Q&A test it, not usability test it, then everything's going to work and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. But the reality is the reason I keep trying to pull that budget back to about $70 and keep the $30 in reserve or whatever the number is you want to do, right, is because we always find those things you're talking about, right, that weird error that nobody could have foreseen, yeah, the strange user behavior that nobody could have foreseen. You know, you put stuff in front of users, especially community users, they're, they're going to come up with some weird use cases that you've never mm -hmm. in a million years thought of. And it's not your fault. It's just reality, right? It's not yeah. a bad yeah. thing. It's just how things work. And I think that's, again, we can really look to our colleagues in e-commerce and say, you know, they, they know that they're prepared yeah, for that. They don't, they they don't get upset when they've discovered one. They get kind of excited and celebrate that they found one. Right? <laughs> they know how to. Oh, improve. we know the problem. I bet we can. And then for the next right. few weeks after you fix it, they say, see, that's what the issue was. They do that for the digital, yeah. the main digital sites anyways, like that they're trying to get leads and stuff like that. Not right. just in e-commerce, but a company like ours, you know, they spend a lot of time and effort and data collecting on, you know, why is, you know, it could be like this chat used to create a bunch of leads for the last two months. It hasn't created hardly any leads in comparison to the last, or, you know, and you're like, okay, let's go test that chat. What, what changed from two months ago, this, this, and, this. and then they can go pinpoint exactly 
what that problem was. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe somebody moved the chat up to the top or to the bottom or to the side or something happened, you know, and then they'll right. figure it out, you know? So it's a good point. Yeah. Well, and yeah, exactly. And there's a, there's a, I'll say a thing and then we could come back as a different topic to, to, to dig in on the, <laughs> you know, the, the almost certain reaction of people listening in to say, who, who are going to say, yeah, but you know, that's not possible for me, but bear with me. <laughs> The development process of moving that, you know, that hundred dollars back to seventy dollars, so you have thirty in reserve to fix things that will naturally, obviously, come up. That's also important to do for us as as leaders, hmm. because we know for a fact that there we need to be, <coughs> excuse me, dedicating more time um, to stuff that is the random, the the administrative, the data research, all that stuff. But I don't yeah. know that we're, as an industry, that we generally put enough time into. And I'll give you an example, or, or more specific, some background, let's say. Sorry, I've got the allergies, so I'm trying not to cough right now. Oh, uh, no worries. The, uh, when I first started uh, business years ago, uh, I read this really great Motley Fool article uh, that was talking about how, you know, when you, as an entrepreneur, it's the rule of thirds how you spend your time. A third of your day goes to doing the work. A third of your yeah. day goes to finding the next bit of work. And a third of your day goes to all the administrative overhead that that work requires. And I remember at the time, this was like literally my first week of being a consultant, right? Years ago. I remember just that blowing my mind going, you mean I'm going to only get to spend a third of my time doing the cool stuff that I wanted to be the consultant <laughs> for? But it's true. And it's, you know, maybe the numbers aren't exactly right. It doesn't really matter. The point is it's three components, right? That all have to be making up your, your work day. And, you know, to your point about like looking at the Google analytics, right? There's this, there's this uh, reactive, maybe, you know, proactive reactive split that, you know, you have your proactive activities that, yeah. you know, you need, you know, you need to put forth these sort of dashboards, you know, you needed to get these sort of content pieces in place because somebody said in the knowledge base these five things have to exist you know you have to moderate you know you, those are the proactive things that you you know about but you also have to be setting aside time to to work the business for yourself right yeah. and figure out you know how do i just go look at google analytics with no particular point in mind other than yeah. what's going on here right what am i noticing and you know, allow your 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 creative brain to kind of take over and start seeing patterns, paying attention to oddities, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you know, there's kind of the 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 proactive piece is driven by questions, right? I'm, how are we going to do X? How are we going to get this result? You know, and, and how do you plan for that? The reactive piece we don't put enough attention into. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have three hours a, day, a week set aside to make sure that you're looking at Google Analytics <clears throat> and making sure that that's all. Uh, where it should be and there's no audit yeah. probably not because you're busy because you don't have enough yeah. time because you don't have enough budget right because you <laughs> only one guy and how do you protect that how do you make that time for yourself it's a good question yeah you know it's it's a tough one because you know i if i look at my own kind of career even uh into last year to this year with Reltio, you know i feel like there's some really good things i've done uh and positive things but because of some of those good things you know, now everybody wants a part of a community and right. which is good, you know, but now, you know, I've got to kind of look at what is the next step. So the next step for me is, is trying to get somebody else in here to really run the day-to-day -day type stuff so I can do more right. of those strategic 
type of things because you know when i have meetings on my goddamn calendar all day every day <laughs> you know like how can i even do any work of thinking about community and everything else you know right. and, you know but some of the big things that those meetings some some of them are really important to kind of go back to your uh i don't know if it was the the um if we talked about this but we definitely talked about it before the show is kind of this you know journey of where a customer starts for onboarding so when a customer joins your organization where is community in the conversation that's an important an extremely important piece right so customer needs to know about the community the academy and some other places to go so that they can get educated so that they can get help and if we're not talking about those things then they're not really ever going to know about it i mean unless they stumble upon it on your website or whatever right and right. so those are the conversations i want to have and be in but sometimes it's hard to to do that and then do the day to day and everything else and you know so you know i agree i think you know i think as thirds the three things you talked about are good but you know there's also more things in there when you're at when you're a one person team and 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 to some degree i've got a lot of uh people bought into it which is a good problem to have but also you have to kind of rein things in and say look i've got to do things on my community you know and and that has to be a big part of my time uh, and and it's spending that time doing the shit that you just mentioned. It's it's highly important. So well, and and you you nailed it, right? You you have to make that you have to b- draw those boundaries, right? You have to draw those pushbacks. The reality is, as an entrepreneur, it is it is hard to do. Okay, how am I going to spend a third of my time actually doing the stuff that makes me the money? Yeah, right. But if I don't do the administrative stuff and pay my taxes. Yeah, you know, that's a huge that's problem. Right. If I don't look for the next business, then I'm not ready. I have no pipeline for when client A ends and I need client B to replace them, right? Yeah. So you cannot get away from the reality that it's as true. much as hard as that is, it's a reality you can't fight. So the question is, and I'm not saying you, I mean all of us. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So the the challenge here, and this is what I was, you know, sort of prefacing before I even said it a minute ago, was I know that the you know people listening are gonna be like, Yeah, but I don't have any time for this. I don't have any time for that kind of work. All I can do is spend my day, you know, keeping up. Sure. And I understand it. And I absolutely sympathize with it. The, the trick is, it is a reality. If you want to grow, that has to have some time to yeah. be able to prove your growth and That's right. to allow you to draw your boundaries, right? And you have to Stop start saying no. on the beach. You, you have to sometimes say no to, right. you've got to look at what meetings are the most important to take, take those and then stop taking the others. I've started right. doing that this year and it's somewhat free. You know, now I'm like, oh, I have some time now to do this thing. So maybe I should go do this thing. So, well, Jake. Right. Well, and I'll been, tell you, you know, I'll tell you the last point I'll make yep. as we sum up here, stop moderating on the beach because <laughs> I know it's important. I know we love our community members, but this is caregiver syndrome, right? If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else worth a damn. And, you know, when we say yes to moderating on the beach, because there's nobody else there, the company doesn't have the ability to feel enough pain to say, we need to solve this, right? And you are not keeping your brain straight so that you can come back to work after your vacation where you've actually set it aside, actually allowed yourself to refresh. And so you can be good to your community members, to your community program, to your your teammates, all that stuff, right? So stop moderating on the beach. I need a t-shirt for that. (laughs) I like it. Something, it it reminds me, and I'll say something, we got to go, but uh, I, I think it's important to to know that we're not doing this just because we love it. 
you know, it's, we do love it, I think, but we are trying, we're doing it for a business. So there has to be business outcomes to those communities. And you really have to focus in on what those outcomes are for the business so that you can grow your community so that you can right. get uh, headcount so that you can get budget to do some of the things that you want to do and all that kind of stuff. You know, Nicole and I have talked about this before is you got to prove it before, you know, you can do it, you know, or you need to prove it out. And then, you know, it's chicken for the egg stuff. So, uh, but you're also right. You can't do everything. So you also have to kind of be smart about your time and energy and where you're spending it, you know, with your community. So um, if you keep saying yes, they're going to keep accepting it because yeah, why wouldn't yeah. they, right? If you exactly. say, no, I Everybody have a boundary will. there. I have an incapability right. there. This is not possible that way. Such if you point. want this outcome and stop talking about ROI, start talking about outcomes, right? Yeah. If you want yep. this outcome, then Business you will outcomes. need to do these things. It's the yes, but yes, I can do it, but I can't do it alone. Right? That, that could be the next thing. What, what does a business outcome look like? I like it. Um, well, Jake, thanks so much for coming. I really appreciate it. My name's Chris Detzel and thanks for coming to another Peers Over Beers. And yeah, I'm Jake McKee. You can find out more about Dinner 5 at dinner5.org or about me at jakemckee.com. Thanks, Jake. Thank you.